who finds himself drowning in a bucket of cream has two choices. Drown or fight so hard he churns that cream into butter. And simply climbs out. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. Uh, previous guest, thank you to Gilbert Mercier for a wonderful segment. If you missed any of that, if you're listening on the live stream right now, uh, either on Spreaker, AlternateCurrentRadio.com, or 21stCenturyWire.com, you want to go back after the show. We'll have the archive up on the site immediately after the show, within minutes, in fact. And you can go back and listen to anything you missed uh, in the previous part of the show, but w- a wonderful segment, uh, great, great guests, uh, gr- you know, great person as well, uh, Gilbert Mercier, uh, really enjoyed that, and uh, we'll hopefully hear from him again uh, in the future. Now, in the early part of the show, in the opening segment, I was talking about this uh, new um, synthetic uh, controversy uh, known as fake news, okay, and I was having to tell you about our our tribulations this week i woke up on uh, thursday morning to realize that i didn't realize i was a a a member of the alt-right or something like this so i was put in that category for some reason by some people uh in by this academic uh professor assistant professor dr melissa zimdars uh, from merrimack college in massachusetts who included our website on a list of fake news and misleading news sites that uh, students should avoid uh, when looking for information. And, uh, you know, to get further into this story, uh, we're going to talk to someone who's actually written about this, who did a very short um, news blast, op-ed news blast, and a good video uh, on this subject, which is right now pinned at the top of 21st Century Wire's featured news section. His name is Jay Dyer, and he's also the author of the newly released title, uh, Esoteric Hollywood with Trinidad Publishers. There's a link to his book as well on the show page. You do want to get your hands on that because that's uh, quite a hot number uh, coming up into Christmas, uh, Esoteric Hollywood. But um, Jay's also the editor of Jay's Analysis, uh, and his work is uh, widely published at 21stCenturyWire.com. Jay, thank you for joining us uh, at this uh, bleak hour uh, of the uh of the 21st century <laughs> arc, uh, where they're now attacking, um, the little man is under attack, uh, once again, uh, for doing what the big man's not doing and yeah. being attacked for it. It's actually absolutely extraordinary. I mean, when you, first of all, you know, what, what were your thoughts when you first saw this? Um, and I know you illustrated this in your short piece that you've posted, but just give us your, in your words, you know, what your initial thoughts are on this so-called controversy. My first interest was looking into who made this list, and I immediately thought of Zardoz, the goofy film with Sean Connery, which is actually a chapter in my book that you mentioned, because uh, I, I, I wanted to call her Professor Zardoz, but I refrained, because in the film... Zardoz, it's another take on the Wizard of Oz, where you have uh, uh, the control of reality and the little man, or in this case, the little girl behind the screen, behind the projection. And in that, and, and in this case, that's exactly what we had. We had the attempt at classifying basically anyone anti-establishment. I think it was intended to be a kind of elastic, wide. Uh, wide spectrum there to group everybody in together into what Hillary called the deplorables, right? And so even if you're not alt-right, they don't care. They want to castigate everybody under this new rubric of fake, right? So conspiracy theorist has kind of become a worn-out term, and so I think the new the new characterization is going to be that uh, alt-right sites or uh, sites like 21st Century Wire that do real journalism, uh, some of the few sites on the left that do real journalism, RT does a lot of good uh, real journalism, as you pointed out earlier in the show. But these are going to be called fake, they're going to be called propaganda or state-run and so forth and so on, when, uh, as you pointed out many times, the most egregious violation of state-run media is the United States state-run media. And what better example than the WikiLeaks 
uh, release of the emails that showed the coordination between 65 top pundits, talking heads, and people at the online sites, Politico and so forth, right, who were coordinated with the Hillary Clinton campaign. Now, that's an obvious violation of the whole idea of what a fourth estate is supposed to be. Uh, but you called out the fourth estate very well, if you remember that kind of semi-viral um, blast that you did on uh, Obama's press dinner, right? I mean, that the, we're just seeing kind of the reflections of this same pattern, this same um, deceptive. It makes me also think of uh, the Smith Month Act, right? I mean, this is this has been uh, done away with the idea that you can't directly propagandize the population. But of course, we knew that they did that covertly anyway, right? Operation Mockingbird. And like in my video, I showed the interview with the the German journalist Udo Ulfkota, who uh, admits that they were hired basically to print nothing but anti-Russian propaganda. So we're in an info war. We're in a in a, in a truest sense, right? And then you know, Sun Tzu said that all warfare is really warfare of the mind. It is information war. That is the the real battleground, not so much uh, the battlefield. So that's what we're looking at, and we're looking at a, a means by which, since they were, I think, routed, genuinely speaking, in this case, regardless of what you think of alt-right or you know these different uh, uh, anti-establishment positions, everybody was kind of joined in opposing the establishment, and Trump was a kind of symbol of that, even if you didn't agree with all of his his positions, and I think that's why you had such a wide turnout, uh, you know, voting for Trump, uh, routing the the presumed madam right madam president hillary clinton yeah and the, yeah the covers were already made in advance uh it was she was meant to win uh according to many people anyway but um i thought it was um i thought it's also interesting to point out in all of this that um the uh the the, the author the author of the la times article her name is jessica roy Mm-hmm. And on her Twitter account, she said, I'm a feminist and et cetera, and very much, uh, you know, an activist, let's say, for the liberal left, writing for the L.A. Times. And she's gone and basically linked up behind the scenes with this other feminist activist who uh, is a assistant professor at Merrimack College to create a hit piece, essentially, that just so happens to be released November 15th. This, this piece on fake news in which we were named is uh, with 130-something other sites. And just so happens they release another big story on the same day that also goes viral, which is that Facebook and Google uh, will be forming a committee to tackle this problem of so-called fake news um, and to cut off the access to advertising ability or revenue uh, facilities uh, for um these types of so-called that are deemed you know by this committee of silicon valley um technocrats uh and people from the new york times and uh the huffington post and the government uh so this this triad if you will this trinity of uh this orwellian trinity that will decide you know what is fake and what is not or they'll just be some students interns working at facebook i don't know who's going to decide well, but, I think Mel- Melissa Zardoz was pretty lazy. It looks like she just copied an older list that I think you mentioned uh, to me privately in chat that had been online for a while that was kind of specifically targeting 21 Wire. Uh, 21st Century Wire was listed at the very top of an older, uh, on just yeah. some blog that, that stuck up there, their list that they supposedly garnered from uh, sites like Snopes. Well, we we we're always listed at the top because because of our because we have a number in our title, so right. that always gives us prominent positioning. But um, but yeah, it's she she's not there was no methodology in her study, so right. she's she's handing it out to students. So she's lumped us in with satire websites, um, just blatantly fake news websites. There's <clears throat> junkyards out there. I think mm-hmm. we all know there's some websites that are just floating garbage yards, just full of anything from. Uh, you know, alien abductions to uh, no offense to the alien community out there or the Bigfoot community. Um, we love you and respect you. But um, it's just about anything in there and fake 
uh, conspiracy theories and Obama is meeting on the moon with uh, the Nazis to decide, you know, who's going to take control of Mars or whatever. Okay. Obama um, meeting on the moon, that sounds actually kind of believable, as crazy as things are. I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> so, the, uh, so, so, so yeah. let me just let me just point this out because so so they lumped us in with all of these other people. Okay. At the same day, they launched this this tirade uh, with face, Facebook and Google's clamping down on fake news. At the same day, Obama talks about it in Berlin during his speech with Angela Merkel, mm-hmm. or right, right around the same day. And so, you know, the day after, I think. Yeah, the day he spoke the day after. So the timing of this, Jay, seems to me very coordinated. And this was a sal- an opening salvo. At uh, and and so we're not politically aligned. Okay, we don't take any money. We don't have any political money. We got no foundation money. No Bill Gates. No Soros money. No government money. Okay, we don't have uh, uh, any shady characters in the background bankrolling us. Okay, we're just an, an independent uh, outlet, shoestring, grassroots, like the real the real grassroots deal. Okay, so we're getting thrown in with some very political websites. Breitbart is completely political, and some of their articles, I think, are totally spun headlines, no substance whatsoever, links to nothing when they link out. And I, I will criticize other websites, and I have, like Infowars, who have actually run some pretty fake stories. Uh, ISIS, you know, in Mexico is just one I'll throw out there, okay? Right. Um, so I've criticized them, but overall, you know, they're not, they're not fake news sites. They're politicized. They're campaigning for Trump. Absolutely. But they're not, it's not, it's not completely fake. There's some howlers in there and it's regrettable. Okay. But we, I go out of my way. I spend a lot of time reading and editing and, you know, I only publish 20% of what gets submitted. 80% of the stuff doesn't even make it because I don't have the time to really go through it very carefully, meticulously, to make sure that uh, all claims are linked, all references are linked, uh, also to work with the writers to to sculpt the language to make sure that it's it's you know what it should be in terms of being fair and balanced and being true opinion or true news. We try very hard to do all this. We probably put more effort in than mainstream media does. Yeah, certainly more than the L.A. Times did when they throw that hit piece out there, which was politically motivated. And I asked for a writer reply to the L.A. Times to their editorial persons, more than one person, and I was rejected twice. I appealed the first time. They said, no, you you shouldn't be able to reply to defend yourself because you weren't named in the text of the article. That's what that's what the editor uh, sent back to me. But I'm on the list which they featured, which went global. Okay, so what do you mean? I I'm not I'm not in the article. I'm I'm in the featured piece of the article, which is the fake news list. Okay, so that was the L.A. Times, the great media organization, the free press, all the journalistic values and etc. Full of people who went and got journalism degrees and master's degrees, and they won't give me the right of reply when I have been smeared. Okay. Uh, in a hit piece that is completely politically motivated. I don't think anybody who's sober, okay, can look at that and say that it wasn't politically motivated looking at the author and looking at the assistant professor from Merrimack College whose so-called study with no methodology at all um, that they put out and didn't even, the author didn't challenge it. She basically advanced her thesis, basically. And so that was the response from the L.A. Times. They said, get out of here. Get lost. This is the environment we have in America right now. It's toxic. Politically, it's toxic. Okay? We, we try to cut through it on issues like Syria, on issues like the Ukraine, on issues like Hillary Clinton. And this is what we get. We get, we get attacked for it, basically. Yeah, and in your defense, you have been critical, as you said, of both Clinton uh, and Trump. So the absurdity here is to, you know, class 21st Century Wire in with as if it's the exact same as everything else. I think you should uh, give 21 Wire a little more credit for being a target. I think that it needs to be 
targeted by the establishment precisely because of the work that you've done, that Vanessa Bealey's done, that others that you've interviewed have done. And don't forget, as you know, we have been calling out fake news for a while now, for several years. I don't think it's accidental that you're at the top of a list that's intending to call you fake news by the master fakers themselves. It's more than an individ- it's more than information war, Jay. It's also a credibility war. I I actually said this at a at the AV event in May, or maybe the year before. I said it. I said this is an information war. I said it's a credibility war, and they'll target your credibility if they don't like the information. And and this this is exactly what I think we've seen here. Look, I don't spend look. I spend a lot of time, Jay, uh, calling out fake news stories on Facebook. Okay, and all these Eastern European Macedonian websites like My Fresh News and uh, uspolitics.info, fake websites that have flooded and ruined Facebook right now. And I, I think personally, I think that these are being directed and managed by someone yeah. in the United States to basically destroy Facebook as a new sharing platform. Okay, that's my conspiracy. Theory, it is. Which, it's a, I was going to say in my notes here, it's a kind of uh, social media false flag, if you will. It uh, is. Because it provides the pretext to say, oh, look, you know, we, we remember what happened in 2016 of the Trump election. And we don't, we can't ever let that happen again with all the fake news out there. Well, by right. golly, they got Trump elected. That's how crazy things can get with Facebook now. So got to have these really, really intense strictures upon, you know, whatever comes up. And they're probably going to flag any kind of wording that's used you know oh you can't talk about syria or maybe you can't talk about climate uh, change you climate change you're a denier you're, it's like holocaust denial if you deny climate change and if you yeah, say every- jew you're an anti-semite you know if you say the word jew mm-hmm. you're, yeah i mean i saw antiwar.com on one of these lists yeah, Can you believe? Exactly. I mean, that's like that's the most lefty, lefty anti-war site going i mean it's totally authentic in what it does and so how could that be fake news? And the Justin Raimondo and all these people who write for that site, uh, it's, for all intents and purposes, outstanding anti-war uh, journalism. And yet I've seen them well, on one of, one of these fake news lists. It's ridiculous. We actually have examples of these mainstream outlets, these establishment outlets, faking things, busted, caught many times. I mean, how many times do we have to have it? Syrian Danny, right? Uh, we can go back to the Gulf War with Charles Jaco, and as I understand, he actually was in Saudi Arabia, but they hyped up and hammed up the Scud missile attack. That was the fake part of it. And mm-hmm. so the uh, we can go to Sandy Hook, the, the curious, bizarre elements that surround Sandy Hook. We can look at the stage shootings that we've talked about many times for the last several years. We can look at the ISIS videos, the ISIS attacks. In fact, what do we just see? Uh, the government paying Bell Pottinger PR firm $540 million to create fake Al-Qaeda videos. That's exactly what we have been saying for a long time. Me, you, Sean Helton, and others concerning the ISIS videos. right? So, th- and, that, and that does constitute fake news, even though it might be between the government and some PR agency. It's then leaked out to the media via site intelligence and these other operations, right, to create public opinion. It's propaganda. We have countless examples. You could list, I mean, you can go all the way back, actually, to the beginning of roughly what you might call mainstream news, what's called the, the Great Moon Hoax. And I have to give Chris credit over at Hoaxbusters for pointing this out. He specializes in just kind of analyzing hoaxes. Early on in the beginning of uh, print mainstream media, you had this story of uh, six articles published in a New York newspaper uh, that astronomers had discovered there were bat people living on the moon. And a majority of the population actually believed this simply because it came from a trusted mainstream source. So the very beginning of mainstream print media is based around a famous hoax event. So from the get-go, They've been lying and hoaxing things. I did a a lecture series, as you know, on Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope, and he provides uh, several several quotes from uh, the uh, print uh, media that some of it still exists, but would have been bigger in the 20s and 30s, 
uh, in the UK and in the US talking about the control of media even then, right? All the big papers, everybody just has seen Citizen Kane, where we know about William Randolph Hearst. Uh, and, and it's not really any different today. But the, the difference, the real difference is precisely in the fact that they're having a problem with how to control uh, the ideas and the opinions that are spread via Facebook and Twitter and by, via the blogs and websites that we do. And I should mention as well, it wasn't just you. It was also a couple of days before the list that included 21st Century Wire. Uh, all actual alt-right people were, were being banned from Twitter. So this is a real purge, and it's a real uh, act of censorship, uh, but it's by the people who've been caught countless times actually creating fake things, fake news. Yeah, and I'll add to that list, Jay, um, the, uh, you know, uh, Contra, the, the Contras in the 80s, the uh, Iran-Contra affair, and the in Nicaragua, the Contra cocaine, CIA cocaine yeah. gate. Okay, that was, that was uh, scoffed off by all the mainstream media, uh, so-called pillars of journalism in the United States as as a, a, a conspiracy theory, uh, and it turned out to be absolutely true. Okay, they mm-hmm. covered it up for the duration of the eighties. The media was complicit in that. They did no investigations, if not for somebody like uh, I believe his name is Gary Webb, and you know really brave journalists like that who got those stories out, who paid a dear price, in my opinion, for it as well. Uh, and then we have the WMD lies, and there are many iterations. The Syrian sarin attack in uh, 2013 in Ghouta, in Damascus. They want to launch a war off of the back of that, that fake WMD event, uh, MH17. And recently, the uh, UN... The Georgia crisis in 2008, there was fake news there that uh, Russia was about to nuke uh, the U.S. because of... Uh, oh, it was, it was worse than... It was worse than that. They they reported that that uh, uh, Russian peacekeeping forces fired on Georgia yeah. uh, from South Ossetia when in fact it was the other way around. They even flipped the footage. Okay, the U.S. media, you know, so th- they're lying about stuff that costs lives. You know, they're lying right. about war and you know serious stuff. MH17, uh, the UN aid convoy that supposedly Russia and Syria bombed a couple of months ago. That's a total lie. And the, evidence, the so-called evidence for this was provided by the White Helmets and Bellingcat. And so Facebook and Google put together this uh, first draft coalition. They call this this esteemed group. And one of the members of this is this blog called Bellingcat in the, in the U.K. And Bellingcat basically produces things that seem to fit into the NATO narrative constantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they decide what the conclusion is, then they go and, and fashion together evidence online to fit their pre-existing conclusion. To me, Bellingcat is a total fraud from A to Z. From the, the first thing they, they investigated was wrong. Uh, you can see it on their crowdfunding page on Kickstarter. They got it wrong. Their whole thing is basically bolstering all the fake lies that are being propagated by Washington and NATO and the British Foreign Office. And so Bellingcat's on this truth team with, uh, with Facebook, Google, and the New York Times. It's unbelievable. And I'll tell you something else. CNN, on the eve of the Nobel Peace Prize nominations in October, basically ran a story that Assad dropped a barrel bomb on mm-hmm. the White Helmet's uh, f- uh, emergency center in Damascus. Okay, We went straight away and checked through multiple sources in Syria. Not only did they, no one knows, knew that the White Helmets had an emergency center in Damascus, no one knew about it, where it was, if it even existed, but uh, was there any report of a bomb or the government, uh, an airstrike? Nothing, okay? They made it up on the eve of the Nobel Peace Prize awards, to, and that went on the ticker, very high-profile story on CNN, it went all along the bottom of the screen all day to basically create sympathy for the White Helmets on the eve of the Nobel Peace Prize announcement, which they were supposed to win, but they didn't. Okay, So CNN ran a completely uncorroborated story. The only source was the White Helmets themselves, Okay, and we couldn't corroborate it ourselves, so we concluded that it was fake. Okay, This is – and they have an a, audience of billions potentially, okay? if not hundreds of millions, okay, and they're putting out literally fake fabricated reports mm-hmm. from from sources that are not vetted whatsoever, and they publish it absolutely without question, okay, and so what right do they have to come after blogs, 
or websites, especially ours. Well, is, how absurd for Obama to try to take moral high ground and to try to uh, speak about fake news and the, the danger of Americans not being able to tell fake and satire news sites from real sites when, he, as the president, he has appeared in satire comedy sketches. Yeah, uh, I mean, it. he, he yeah. himself is a satire of the office and of, of the presidency. He's a, yeah, he's a parody. He's made a parody of the presidency. You know, listen to this. This is Obama fact. Roll this. This is a. Uh, this is the dear leader. Sorry, let me take a deep breath. Okay, this is the dear leader in Berlin a couple of days ago, pontificating to us, the plebs, okay, about what we should be on guard for in this frightening new world that's been created by these deplorables. Go ahead and roll Obama fact. Listen to this. If we are not serious about facts and what's true and what's not uh, and particularly in an age of social media where so many people are getting uh, their information in sound bites and snippets off their phones uh, if we can't discriminate between serious arguments and propaganda then we have problems I'll tell you what my first problem is, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Where's the proof that Russia hacked the U.S. elections? Because you sure rode that horse all the way up the hill and down again with Hillary Clinton, okay? And not a shred of evidence. And just to back up my point, you want to hear propaganda? This is Fox yesterday. Roll WikiLeaks. Now they're saying that they're trying to reiterate that the Russians, and then you listen to the report and they're saying that the NSA director confirmed it when the news presenter's talking about it. And then you hear the, the actual NSA director, he doesn't say a word about Russia. He said that they think a state was behind it. Go ahead, just quickly, roll this WikiLeaks fake Fox um, clip. Listen to this. Some new revelations from the NSA. The agency, for the very first time, saying WikiLeaks did intend to influence the outcome of the presidential election. Our chief intelligence correspondent, Catherine Harris, is live in Washington with more. Catherine? Well, thank you, Jenna. Speaking at a forum hosted by the Wall Street Journal, the NSA director said publicly when intelligence officials have told reporters privately that a nation state was behind the WikiLeaks hack and the intent was to influence the U.S. election. I think there shouldn't be any doubt in anybody's mind. This was not something that was done casually. This was not something that was done by chance. This was not a target that was selected purely arbitrarily. This was a conscious effort by a nation state to attempt to achieve a specific effect. And we have been very public as a government in saying that. Rogers also said the saying, hacking campaign whole, was... Saying what? It's public saying what? That a nation state was behind it? You talk about propaganda. That's even worse propaganda because it's completely... They, they don't even put any details in it. But the, so that was our dear leader saying that we should be on guard for propaganda. I don't know what to say really past this point. I feel well, like I need a drink. Uh, let's not forget that the mainstream outlets also promote the rape stories that have ruined people's lives who've been accused of rape that are now admittedly made up, especially the recent Rolling Stone's uh, college rape story, right? Rolling Stone published this story, uh, got in big legal trouble over it because it was completely made up. Uh, now, that is fake news. <laughs> uh, but uh, the entire media then, as is, is we pointed out many times, it attempts to be trial by media. Everybody decides. And I think that these big cases like OJ and Casey Anthony, this kind of set the precedent for the idea of having trial by media, right, to bypass, uh, you know, the idea of trial by jury. And we've talked about that in many cases with the so-called shooting events. But it's really just a, a crumbling of the facade of the structure that's been erected. That's it's it's old school, right? I mean, the, the older model of you know a few print sources and a few you know three big outlets: NBC, ABC, CBS, controlling the entire media. That's all done, and that's it's that's a dinosaur, right? Well, that's uh, what that's what you saw there with the WikiLeaks. They literally, if the NSA person is at one of these stupid panel junket. Uh, TED Talk type discussions or hosted by the Wall Street Journal or the Guardian, whatever. If, if you know, it's James Clapper or it's some ex-guy, ex-CIA guy, John Brennan or whoever. 
or they get the memo from the, the federal agency. They stick it on the editorial desk. They read it word for word from this government-issued memo as if it's news. That's not news. That's just you. That you, literally, you are the propaganda mouthpiece when you do that. You don't challenge anything from there. So, and this is what they accuse RT of doing. But I mean, this is obviously different in a war zone uh, because you don't have full press cohorts on the ground uh, well, in war in war zones. Let's. But I'm talking about just domestic politics. Okay. Yeah. Well, the uh, I think the purge and the plan is some of these articles that have dealt with this have even spoken of nudging and then that they, they might introduce uh, little pop-ups that will tell you that this is likely fake or likely satirical and it's even described by the social engineers in in these articles uh mainstream articles discussing this policy as nudging now nudging is of course uh, cast sunstein's project by which he uh, says that you can socially engineer you know, through mass media, through social media. And what that's going to do is not even necessarily try to debunk the article or uh, deal with it in any detail, but just kind of give you a little indicator that, yeah, you know, don't, it's almost kind of a, a form of mind control, right? Like yeah. another, if a pop-up is there and it says fake, or or if Google at the top of the the article in the search engine says, you know, 20% of your wire, and then it says likely fake, right? Uh, or clickbait site or something like this. Uh, that's going to have the subconscious effect, I think, of attempting to deter a lot of people. That's what the whole purpose of nudging is, right? It's not dealing with something directly. It's neuro-linguistic programming and these subtle kinds of tricks and tactics and I think that's probably what they're going to try to resort to because they have to, right? I mean, we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the globalists are recouping and, and uh, plotting their survival and all this stuff. Uh, but they've got the money and they've got the, you know, the fancy suits and the, the fancy sets and the, uh, the TV crews and so forth. And we have uh, the actual truth and information. And what's funny to me is that they can't compete with the actual truth they can't compete with the actual facts and the actual stories and the entire edifice has to rely on this sort of wizard of oz type setup no no absolutely you know robert perry in his recent great great article um pointed it out perfectly and uh you know he i'll read a quote from from one of those he said you know while it's undeniable that some false or dubious stories get pushed during the heat of a political campaign and in wartime uh, and, and journalists have a role in, you know, in fact-checking as best they can, um, there is a potentially greater danger when the media insiders um, arrogantly make themselves, uh, the, give themselves the power to dismiss contrary or skeptical evidence uh, as, quote, unacceptable, especially given their own history of publishing stories that turned out to be not only dubious, but entirely false. Okay, so my, my point is this. Look, we have all have, you know, the power to read and make up our own mind. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time calling out fake news on Facebook and other places. And I, quite frankly, I get tired of it because I don't have the energy. It takes me away from doing the job I need to do, which is to write and analyze the news. Okay, so but but listen, I edu- I probably educated a few of my colleagues and friends and other people on social media as to how better determine what is real and what is not, okay? And so isn't that the real solution to this issue? Is that, you know, more, we need more sharing, we need more dialogue, we need more debate in the, in the great tradition of Socrates about the merits of any particular news item, news post, or claim by any media, okay? So this is the information space that we would like to see, that I would like to see. That's how I would like to see it, not a top-down or Silicon Valley-enforced regime and a book-burning lists that are distributed by completely you know, partisan uh, academics generated by mediocre, uh, with mediocre methodology and then republished by media gatekeepers. That, to me, is a dystopian vision of the future okay i want us to have uh, i'll take the trash i'll take the garbage jay 
but we should have the ability to debate and to decide amongst ourselves through discourse and dialogue what is real and what's not, what has merit and what doesn't. The minute they take that away, this gives carte blanche to the corporate media and to that mm-hmm. cartel to do the worst forms of propaganda you've ever seen. You ain't seen nothing yet compared to what they want to do. Well, That's what Goog- I believe. Where did Google and Facebook come from? We have to remember that they're from the CIA shelf front corporation in Qtel, which is you know who provided put up the money initially for these for these entities to come about and i think that they were put there as a kind of screen by which the internet would then be read right so it's a medium it's a filter for the establishment ultimately to be able to do this and that was really the whole purpose of the feed i think um, but now i don't think it's worked as well as they hoped uh, and this is why they're having to deal with it right it's, it's kind of backfired uh with independent media and the collapse of mainstream media and don't forget uh that um well i also had a couple uh, past great instances and classics that that we didn't (laughs) we can't forget dusty boy i think you mentioned dusty boy earlier but i had him in my notes uh don't don't forget the bin laden death that was a a pretty astounding uh a bunch of fakery <laughs> well that it, well you know to us it to us it is and we put the case forward for that and obviously it's not accepted in the mainstream the mainstream right. still thinks dusty boy was uh was real was was rescued from a a, a bombing by a russians or, and, and they think that bin laden was really uh killed in the raid in a bad bad on uh may the first uh 2011 they, they still believe that um but so i mean we can put that off to the side there's plenty of you know stuff that's even received as history now that it was totally fraudulent i think sure. the biggest the biggest failure of the mainstream media has been their inability to police themselves okay mm-hmm. and a level of partisan dishonesty that has destroyed their credibility shattered it okay so if the mainstream media was actually doing their job as real journalism and not just regurgitating whatever the government talking point memos are uh, that land on their editorial desks and taking as gospel what retired military experts and former CIA operatives are babbling about endlessly on CNN, basically backing whatever the sort of deep state covert CIA uh, policy of the day is, and also paid by the networks, by the way, those people, those experts. So, and, and then tell the news anchors like Wolf Blitzer, what you know, and then they just repeat it and nod and say, "Yes, of course." Oh, so great to be with us, former CIA operative uh, Bob Bear. You know, and so, yeah. so it also seems it also seems as if the U.S. State Department, the Pentagon, the NSA, and the CIA have their own embeds in TV production and newspaper editorial departments. Quite well, frankly, yeah. and so so does it really matter? whether or not they do you know in my in my view not really because the the output is the same it's pro-government pro-nato pro-corporation so this theater of the bland which i would like to call it now theater of the bland is to me the very reason why the public at large are feeling more remote and detached from the establishment media and central government than ever before and it was borne out in this election two weeks ago exactly yeah i mean so what you're telling me, Patrick, is that you know more about media than a girl who specialized in fast studies. Well, that's you're talking about <laughs> assistant professor Dr. Melissa Zimdars, who did her, I think, fat shaming was her. I don't know if that was her doctoral thesis, but it was done in the same year as her dissertation. Her, her doctoral so i don't know right. if that was her dissertation but so she's an expert on fat shaming and so she's never worked in the media or if she has I, I couldn't find out where and how so yes i do know more about media i do know more about facebook i do know more about the internet you know i, I, I think we need to just hand it over to her and let, yeah let her run us yeah because she, she has a doctor before her name so she must know more than than the average person, right? I, I think they're thirteen-year-olds that have a better understanding of of the nature of media, maybe than she does. And she's teaching students this, which is to me a horrible uh, thing. You know, well, you can find videos of her when she was still uh, a grad student doing agitprop. She's dressed up, you know, had a kind of Occupy Wall Street type setup, wearing a costume and literally agitating, bullhorning, and so forth 
for whatever her pet cause was uh, at that time. And so she has at least had some experience in something maybe akin to Saul Linsky or something like that. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I was recently in the university system and, you know, I can tell you directly that, uh, it's absolutely not about education. I think probably most of this audience is aware of that. Uh, it's, it's all about indoctrination and you don't get into the click generally speaking, uh, unless you are, I mean, there are good professors out there. I'm not saying that yeah, there's not, yeah, there's but, good ones and bad ones, just like good journalists and bad journalists, right? Well, but it was explained to me by the professors at, at my very, very left-leaning university that you, you've got to toe the line on a lot of these big issues. And if you don't, you, you know, you're not going to be welcomed into, and they called it a clique. They called it a society explicitly. Uh, and that's what's required, you know, if you're trying to go for like the PhD level or something like that. And that's why somebody like Melissa Zardoz can get a PhD, uh, but you're going to have a very hard road uh, if you're not towing the line and so, towing the line is what you said. It's, it's the, all you got to be able online with all the transgender stuff, the, the, the identity politics, the gender politics, you got to be online with the, the NATO, uh, the, all that foreign policy type stuff. You know, there's no questioning of any of these uh, established dogmas, uh, which are really recent inventions. You know, I mean, you can go back, um, like you said, uh, to the Iran Contra period and, you know, the press was, uh, was doing there were far more people in the media and the press mainstream quote-unquote who were doing their actual journalism jobs then uh, even than now and i think that that's because you've had this long-term plan uh, operation mockingbird never went away it just kept expanding and expanding and expanding yeah yeah and you know just to prove a point okay you know we know that the media you mentioned before were colluding with the clinton campaign number of journalists at cnn editor politico the list is uh, goes on and on right that was proven out through the podesta email dumps okay but according to listen knowing that right knowing all of that knowing the absolute collusion the total corruption the base corruption uh, in between the mainstream establishment media and the Clinton campaign and Washington establishment, skewing what we would like to think is a, some sort of preserved fourth estate, right? Skewing it, tarring it, corrupting it, destroying it effectively. Okay, knowing all that, you'd think that that might change the Democratic voter feeling, right? Well, it, it turns out, according to an MRC poll, 90% say that it didn't affect their feelings uh, when it came to vote. Okay, so what does this tell me, uh, Jay? And I'm, I'm not criticizing the left liberals or the Democrats specifically. I would say the Republicans would make would be the same stats if it was flipped during the Bush administration with WMDs, okay? But 90% yeah. of the left in America say it didn't affect their vote. That tells me the left doesn't care whether the mainstream media is honest or not, so long as they favor their own party or their own candidate. So this indicates to me a complete disregard for integrity in the system, for campaign regulations, or for the rule of law, okay? So that is the there's the problem that that Obama should be talking about on his grand throne, his bully pulpit. Okay, this is what Facebook and Google should be grappling with. Is there's a serious? Well, we have yeah. we have systemic corruption in this country that's gone all the way down to the grassroots level. Yeah, and in fact, it's like a cult, and they speak of it that way, even in the sense of you know the email that says or the one of the best emails that speaks about. Uh, keeping their followers compliant and dumbed down. Uh, I, I don't, it doesn't say dumbed down, but it says it does say compliant. Right? We need more compliance. We need these people more docile, even than they already are. Uh, and so the fact that and I, and I grew, I've grown up, you know, in the South around Democrat families uh, and quite a few Republican families here and there. Uh, and the Democrat families were always, and I'm not partisan. I don't at all support the GOP, uh, but I did find that that the, the, the tendency amongst Democrats was to be democratic because you've always had been. So it's, it's almost like a kind of religious tradition, right? The way that, well, my granddaddy was this, I'm going to be this. Uh, even if the platform completely changed, you know, the democratic party used to be uh, the, the slavery party, right? And then it, at some point flipped over into being this, 
uh, well, I would say it's still a kind of slavery party in that it advocates, uh, you know, all the things that uh, would keep society dumbed down. Um, but I think you have to understand it like it's a giant cult, uh, because the the method, the, the, the psychology that people uh, in that cult operate in, in, it's very similar to something like Scientology or or some religious uh, a faction or, or sect where it it's part of these people's identity, right? Being a Democrat is something that's part of your tradition, and obviously the same goes for the rhinos and the neocons too. Uh, but but. It's not about issues. It's not about true or false. Uh, and it's that's why the, the media is more like Hollywood. It's more like a religious uh, cult slash Hollywood Babylon, right? And then that's what I deal with in my book is, you know, how the media in terms of its Hollywood branch uh, is, is, again, something akin to a cult. And that's – you can say the same thing for the, for the mainstream – the mass media. Uh, you know, when something comes out – Contrary to the establishment dogma, uh, well, the first thing that people do is try to deny it because it's it's not just it's, you know the, say the story of nine eleven right that's very dear to people's hearts in terms of the way that they perceived and accepted the established story and for them it means my entire understanding of what America is has to be it's a paradigm shift and so for a lot of people right the human pride doesn't allow admitting that you were wrong on something like that so it's a pride issue it's a it's a you know human psychology issue it's cognitive dissonance and all that uh and i think that once we understand that just like in science okay and i'm not saying science is false but there are a lot of people even in science who will talk about how scientism functions like a religion very famous essays written by philosophers of science. So Thomas Kuhn, for example, uh, won the Nobel for his book, Structures of Scientific Revolution, where he says, you know what? Actually, sometimes science, quote unquote, seems to function like a religion. And I think that you look at people like Neil deGrasse Tyson or Bill Nye, they're out there as these kind of popular uh, priestly figures, right? Uh, Michel Foucault wrote about this in terms of, of establishment figures operating like a new priest class and it's no different in government it's no different in mass media or any of these spectrums that we're looking at absolutely i see thomas friedman uh you know who wrote the lexus and the olive tree and you know he's a he's a columnist at the new york times he's on meet the press every week and this guy has been wrong about everything he doesn't have a clue about foreign policy and yet they got him talking about iraq and syria constantly he's pushing this idea that the arabs are sectarian and they'll always hate each other and they'll always be at war you know and never once mentioning uh the clandestine element that's been injected uh into those countries and communities mm-hmm. that have caused the rifts between uh sectarian people so he's an establishment um, he's accepted. He's lauded. He's he's paid millions of dollars. He's he gets to lecture everywhere, and all these people gather around like at TED talks, wait waning on his every word. Okay? Well, he's written this big book on uh, the green agenda and climate change, right? He's the the world is not flat, isn't that that guy? Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, and so he, despite the numerous examples of the climate fanatics being wrong. Um, I dug up before uh, articles from the 70s from Paul Ehrlich, who co-wrote the book with John P. Holder and Obama's science are. Uh, Ehrlich was writing in the 70s about the coming Ice Age collapse and that by the late 80s, there would be no North America. It would be, it would be covered in a giant blizzard, right? We'd be living in some kind of uh, uh, Game of Thrones scenario of the North where the giant ice wall or something. Uh, none of that was true. And so they just completely changed it. The PR changed in the eighties to become global warming and then it became climate change and so forth. We, we know that story. Uh, but, but yeah, it doesn't matter how many times these people are wrong. Uh, they still are propped up because they are paid to be propped up. They're paid. They're they're all positions. Yeah, they're also eating crow right now because they can't. They're still scratching their heads. They're in total meltdown uh, because of the uh, the Trump uh, victory over Hillary. And obviously, if you if you dislike political correctness, uh, right now you feel like you're in a batting cage and hitting a home run on every single ball that's pitched because a lot of people are are getting a lot of pleasure and gloating about it. But that aside, um, look, they 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 talk about. That you know, take the climate thing for example. 
you, what you just said there, that extends into what we're seeing with uh, the anti-Trump protests where I, I, heard, I heard a student the other day shouting at uh, a Trump supporter saying, you're going to die of old age. You know, he's talking about someone who's 50 plus, you know, a deplorable, right? You're yeah. going to die of old age, you deplorable from Oklahoma, but I'm going to die of climate change. And, you know, we're going to be underwater in 40 years, and it's your fault because you elected this this tyrant, this fascist, you know, that so that I can see the cult aspect of it. Um, and But but that's so that person who's making the accusation, that's insane. You know, there was there was a time when, you know, you should be locked up, really, and in a straitjacket for talking like that. But that's perfectly acceptable because that certain idea of reality or this that dystopic vision of the future is accepted as the consensus reality which is man-made yeah. global warming okay and so it, I, to, I don't know I, I see a problem with that on a very fundamental level and I, I also have a bigger problem with someone calling me a climate denier just because I'm wanting to debate the veracity of the data which is being produced by academics who are in the ipcc because to me it's just data i don't want to get in argue uh, you know, debate about climate change here but here here's here's the segue so that's the same people who worship data they're the same ones saying that this the fake news data shows that there's a higher engagement on fake news posts before the election and therefore fake news posts uh influence the election well it's just data they, they don't show anything above uh, numbers of stats of uh, comments and likes and engagement. It doesn't show – it doesn't it only demonstrates numbers and metrics. It's quantitative data, just like mm-hmm. the climate data. It's not qualitative. And so in terms of influencing, influencing election votes, this study that they've put out this week about fake news shows absolutely nothing, nothing. Right. in correlation to the election. It's well, zero. It's, it's all of worthless. the experts have just been shown to be wrong. Uh, now, in uh, Tragedy and Hope, there's a there's a very important chapter where Dr. Quigley says that the future will be run by experts, and that will be across the board. You'll have economic central planning experts. You'll have environmental experts. You'll have tech experts. You'll have uh, Android experts. He literally says, "I have all these experts that are going to run every aspect of life." And what's so funny about this election is that all of these experts have been shown to be wrong, right? Uh, unless there was, you know, some deep state uh, persons who knew what was really going on with Trump or something. Ninety-nine percent of the media and the uh, so-called experts are have been completely wrong on a giant gaffe here, right? So what that shows is that they're not experts. Uh, they're they're they simply give themselves the title expert, right? Uh, and we're just supposed to blindly follow along with that. But, uh, you know, as things get worse with globalism, uh, and I think things are getting bad in terms of jobs and all that, or the jobs numbers are made up, that's been becoming clearer to people. Uh, people are not happy with the, the situation in Europe. There's a lot of uh, reaction. I'm not saying that the nationalist movements aren't infiltrated or uh, dangerous or potentially a controlled opposition but what i'm saying absolutely i i agree with you yeah keep going but but there is still uh, as you said with brexit does brexit actually change things no but it reflects people starting to say hey wait a minute this is something's wrong here this is not this establishment that's been telling us all these glorious promises nafta gat all this stuff what's nato doing why is Putin's supposed to be Hitler. It's it's starting to crumble, and so they're having to make movements and and you know double down. Like they can't. What are they going to do? They're going to say, "Oh yeah, okay, we're all wrong." But no, they're not going to do. There's way too much money invested in you know all the color revolutions and all the you know uh, movements towards uh, uh, free trade and all this stuff. There's way too much money in that to just completely let it go or to change. Uh, so all they can do is just uh, move to greater levels of, of deception and trickery. And that's what this nudging and the, the Facebook, Google uh, analytics censorship is going to be. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the the nudging is something people need to be uh, very aware of and reject it when they see it, because uh, it's not nudging; it's manipulation. Uh, but nud- nudging is a politically correct, their own politically correct word to shield what it really is, which is manipulation. And so, you know, in terms of in terms of power and reality, um, I'll have to go back to the dear leader uh, in that clip that we played uh, when he was with Angela Merkel. He said. Because uh, in an age where there's so much uh, active misinformation and it's packaged uh, well and it looks the same when you see it on a Facebook page or turn on your TV, on your mobile phone, etc. If everything seems to be the same and no distinctions are made, then we won't know what to protect. And I have to say, at that, I got very scared when I heard that because I thought, what do you mean we won't know what to protect? What is what is President Obama suggesting there? Is he suggesting that the the U.S. government has a role in protecting certain information uh, and by implication leaving contrary information unprotected from what? Censorship? That's how I read that, and Robert Perry illustrated that in his brilliant article, which is we've linked to at 21st Century War about fake news. That's frightening, Jay. Well, they're probably going to say the same thing with WikiLeaks, too. And we've been hearing for a long time that, oh, you know, everything is going to be focused towards cyber threats. And I think that that's what they're going to do is, is say that this is all now an issue of security. And we've got we've got all these security problems. We've got to have all these new protocols and all these new filters and so forth. And I remember uh, even an old uh I think I had Trend Micro on a computer uh, three or four years ago. It would block uh, paulcraigroberts.com. Uh, wow. It would literally just say, this is a virus malware site. <laughs> wow. Now, the Paul Craig Roberts site is not. But, of course, whoever runs Trend Micro, and I would guess that's probably uh, something Israeli in the background. I don't know. But I'm guessing since uh, the, the, the um, malware blocking sites could be the means by which they will try to do this because they've been test- testing that and doing it already. They have, they have. And what they, what they also do is um, they, they can, let's say contaminate a website through ad networks. They can, they can have malware coming, serving up off ads. So they, so if I had an advertising company, I could go and approach alternative media sites and say, Hey, run our ad networks. We'll give you a hype CPM just saying, because we get approached by them every week. But, uh, the say an ad company would, and then you you put their ad unit on your site, and then all of a sudden you've got malware issues, or people can't serve it up on their smartphones anymore. Right. And so this is a way to kill the content through the back door. I'm not saying this happens. I'm not saying any particular company does this. So that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's possible, and there's many ways to undermine independent news networks and independent voices. And this these are just some of the technology. Uh, that can be used to attack. And then, obviously, this can also be used to block them and keep them off social networks like Facebook, who are slowly honeypotting most people on the planet to where most of the eyeball time is really spent on Facebook. And this, exactly. is why over, this is why overall web traffic uh, on blogs is actually decreasing over the years, and engagement is decreasing, and more engagement is increasing on social networks like uh, Twitter and Facebook. So um, they have a a big advantage there. So if they Mm -hmm. can keep you off of the social network uh, platforms, then they can keep people from reading your stuff and hearing what you have to say. I fear that this is the agenda uh, that is being spoken about behind closed doors between certain people, and that those people will have the power to set that into motion. If they, in fact, they probably already have, and so we're we're absolutely in a pitched battle right now, Jay. And to everybody out there, no exaggeration. This is what we're facing. It's not, you know, I'm not talking about abstracts like the New World Order and and stuff like this. I'm talking about this is very real, okay. And there are people who are conspiring to propagandize you, and in order to do that, they need to basically block out or get rid of. Anybody who's got a contrarian or a skeptic's voice that will counter that. And that's, that's where the pitch battle is being fought. So I don't know what your feelings are, Jay. Final words. Well, I think that if we just keep doing what we're doing, you know, we're starting to have little victories here and there. 
And uh, even if Trump uh, does not fulfill a lot of these promises that he's made, or or if he turns sour and becomes total neocon or something like that, it still represents a kind of, of uh, a backlash and the potential that's there. And if, if there wasn't potential uh, for our side, then they would not have to exert so much energy and social engineering and nudging and censorship to stop us uh, if, if they weren't worried. And so their being worried, I think, is a good sign. Yeah. Well, look, the bottom line is this. If the mainstream outlets like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and CNN, the, all these guys were actually doing any meaningful investigations, okay, ones that challenged challenged the halls of power, rather than attacking little little people, okay, then there would certainly be much less need for alternative media outlets and coverage. And I, for one, might actually choose to place my energy in other areas of work and life. Okay, but the fact is that's not happening. That's exactly they've created us. Okay, so these big media institutions, we now know it's proven beyond any debate. They are corrupt to the bone. And this past election cycle in the U.S. proved that beyond any shadow of any doubt or debate. Okay, verdict has been rendered guilty. Okay, so my question is, who is watching the watcher? Who is who are watching the watchers? Not the mainstream media, not the fourth estate. No, not the corporate media. Who's watching the watchers? I'll tell you who's watching the watchers. The independent media, alternative media are watching the watchers. We are watching the watchers. So if they shut us out, there's nobody watching the watchers. And that is the point I'm going to end this program on. Thank you very much, Jay. I really appreciate your time. Sure. And, uh, and and we'll, we'll be writing and talking more on this subject, I, I believe. Yeah, and if you'd like to see you know a good analysis of this from more of a Hollywood perspective, which does actually tie into uh, mainstream media, I think there's a lot of coordination there, and I argue for that in my book. You can get Esoteric Hollywood Sex Cults and Symbols in Film, which is shipping now, so people are already getting their copies, and I got a lot of great feedback so far. There's a link on our website to Jay's new book. Uh, I do recommend it. It's um, it's a beast. It's a beast of a book. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be a great reference material for anybody who's wants to go for uh, Jay, would you say it's a deep dive? I, th- I think it's a, a... I think so, yeah. It's quite but a it's deep dive. it's also fun. It's, it's satire. It's philosophy. It's kind of hum- humorous. And- yeah, and if you'd like to see... Yeah, yeah. It's a good mix. It's a good mix. So... Uh, esoteric hollywood available now on amazon.com uh by jay dyer from trinidad publishers check it out but uh take care jay and we'll be looking out for your work and uh and also check out jay and and the rest of the acr uh brain trust the most intelligent cabal out there on wednesdays on the boiler room here on alternate current radio I do recommend that program. Obviously, many of our listeners are also listeners to the Boiler Room, as are the people in the chat, who I'm going to wave right now. Hello, chat room. How are you? Uh, Sorry, I'm not going to name you all by name, but um, check them out, too. And also, I'm going to say uh, we had a couple of members join up this week to 21wire.tv. Thank you so much, and uh, we really appreciate your support. Listen, everybody out there, we need your support, okay? we There's no guarantee uh, what we can and can't do uh, with the platform that we have been running for the last few years. But with your support, everybody out there listening, think about subscribing and becoming a member to 21wire.tv because with your support, uh, we know that we can go forward and we can do the things that we want to do and the things that you want us to do. Uh, so check out 21wire.tv, subscribe and become a member, um, get involved and uh, keep this keep this operation thriving and improving and we'll be here we'll be here for you uh, in the future uh, with your support and so thank you to everybody who has done that so far and anyone who's thinking about doing it you're welcome to join uh, our family we really would love it I'm Patrick Henningsen your host this has been another edition of the Sunday Wire thank you to everybody at ACR and also to everybody out there take care we've got a phenomenal show by the way next week uh so set your calendars for that Uh, we're gonna have a couple of great guests on it's gonna be amazing so we'll see you there see you next week same time same place all the best
time. Since 2009, 21st Century Wire has been a trusted source of alternative news with opinion, analysis, investigative reports, and features covering stories from North America to Europe to the Middle East and globally. In the last two years, we've grown dramatically. This year, we're expanding our programming and our reporting and adding to our team of dedicated contributors. But we need your help. There is a way you can support us. Go to 21wire.tv and click on 21wire membership to find out more about how you can help support our platform by subscribing and becoming a member. In return, we promise to keep it independent and keep it real. But that's not all. By subscribing to 21wire.tv, members will get access to more premium content like virtual private screenings of new documentaries and short films and get inside access to members' podcasts like On the QT with Patrick Henningsen. And also, you can see our new morning commute show, Drive by Wire with Sean Helton, as well as our new geopolitical current affairs series, Insight, shot in high definition. By becoming a member, you're also helping to support the Sunday Wire radio show, as well as all our great reporting at 21stCenturyWire.com. There's more. Members will also gain access to our fortnightly Members Situation Report newsletter, as well as special discounts on all 21 Wire merchandise up at our online store, Shop 21. Subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv.